Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen on Money FM 89.3. Right, we're here to help you grow your money even on a Sunday today. We need to talk about money because it's Money FM after all. Earlier we talked about fundraising uh, for rare disorders in Singapore. Now we're talking about fundraising for yourself, really, in many ways, investing uh, your money. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of this uh, while you're out and about or flipping through um, the Straits Times newspaper or the Business Times or other SBH publications. You've seen ads promoting overseas properties in very popular places like Bangkok, Manila, Bali, Jakarta, and all these places. And you've wondered for yourself, why should you be investing in an overseas property or how safe is it how stable is it or how fast would your money grow well we'll be talking about that and more today this hour with darren chua from genesis indajaya property developer darren is a singaporean darren welcome to uh, money fm 89.3 morning thanks for having me here you have a venture in indonesia mm-hmm. to build properties yeah. that you are targeting Singaporeans to invest in. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Um, why should a Singaporean invest in a property overseas? Well, I guess it's always about um, the luxury of choice. You have very, very good properties in Singapore. Mm-hmm. They give you an upside in capital appreciation. Uh, you get pretty good rental yields as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but overseas, you are able to get a potentially higher upside, especially in terms of uh, looking at growing markets. So places such as Vietnam, Indonesia, Philippines, uh, they have been in the news quite a bit. And we've also seen that they've been doing quite well. So one of the reasons to look at overseas properties is also to catch you know, that wave Perhaps you are on the front line mm-hmm. of a uh, bull run. You are also able to get better rental yields. So in Singapore, we're looking at low single-digit rental yields. Overseas, we could be looking at high single digits, so 8%, possibly 10%. Um, so that's probably one of the biggest reasons why we feel it is uh, an opportune time to bring products such as these to the Singaporean market. So for a Singaporean or whoever is living in Singapore, mm-hmm. in taking that step to invest overseas. Is this for people who already have property perhaps in Singapore and have some money to play around? Or is this something you would advise to somebody who might be priced out uh, in Singapore because the property prices here are so high, I might as well take my money uh, and invest it overseas because for a lot less, Mm -hmm. you can get probably even better uh, luxury properties. Yeah, I guess in terms of the entry point, it's a lot easier. So for example, our project in Bali, the uh, starting price comes in at about two hundred thousand Sing dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's and that's the full investment. Right that's there. the full investment. Okay. So it's inclusive of tax. It's inclusive of that's all. That's only legal a fees. down payment in Singapore. Not yeah, even, it could even probably, be lower right? than a down payment. Yeah. We provide in-house financing as well mm-hmm. at a very low interest rate, one point five percent per year. So I guess for quite a lot of investors, this becomes very digestible. You may not have to wait to amalgamate, say, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars for your down payment in, say, a condominium in Bishan. Mm-hmm. With just about a sixty to eighty thousand dollar cash, you're able to put a down payment on one of our units in Bali, and then you of course see the completion next year, and hopefully you'll be able to get very good stable returns over the next seven to fifteen years. 
But then somebody would say, if I invest overseas in Bali, for example, or Vietnam or somewhere, I'm not living there. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting money to something that, you know, I probably see once or twice a year if I go there, if I want to stay there. Uh, Whereas if I put my money in a property in Singapore, I'll be living in Mm -hmm. that property for 99 years or more. Yeah, possibly. If you live that long. Correct. Most of these overseas investments, they won't be places for you to stay. Mm-hmm. They probably would just be places that you may visit once or twice a year. So that's right. But in that aspect that you're having something overseas, you want someone good to run that property for you, whether you make money on that property or not. For them, I think it's always, what's the other choice? You know, Would they be putting their money in bonds in mm-hmm. Singapore? Would they be putting their money in the bank or buying stocks, etc.? So I guess it's always part of a diversified portfolio, an investment portfolio. And once you're able to bring in property, I think that's always value because you have an actual balance sheet item that's actual value in that rather than just a paper value. So that definitely, I think, appeals to most of our buyers so far. We have had bankers, we've had lawyers who have bought into this property as well. Mm -hmm. Speaking to them, anecdotally, that's what they feel. And that's how they've been saying, I've got an extra $200,000. I've already settled most of my other investments. Just a little bit more. Do I want to put it in unit trust? Do I want to put it in a bank? Why not? Let's just try something. And of course, there's also that sexy type of uh, notion that I own a hotel in Bali. So uh, one of your property is a hotel, uh, a resort. Correct. So what happens then to a person who invests in it? Uh, How many times can you stay in this Mm -hmm. place? Can you even stay in 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 the property that you invested in? Oh yeah, definitely. We offer up to 30 nights a year Mm -hmm. for free. So the property, it's branded as a Citadins property. Okay. So we are the developers. We bought the land, we construct the hotel. And then when it's completed, we pass it over to Ascot. To to run as a hotel. Yes, that's correct. So those guys are the professionals. They run that. Uh, which is why we have a really, really strong um, sort of collaboration with them. And then for our buyers, our investors, we give them free points. So we are quite happy to offer up to 30 nights a year because if you just look at it, even running like 90% occupancy with that 10% of uh, extra space, um, that's more than a month, which is something we are quite happy to let our investor buyers buy and stay so they could go down during the holidays one week for each of the four holidays per year. And that, I think, appeals to both the investment as well as the lifestyle. So this, in turn, becomes the investor being sort of an owner of Mm -hmm. that particular unit Mm -hmm. in the hotel. Yeah. But it's not yours to live in. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so you you have continuous income Mm -hmm. yields as long as, does it have to be that particular unit being booked? We have um, split it across the rooms. So every room is assigned a share value. Okay. And out of the total share value of that hotel... So even if that unit that I perhaps, if I want to purchase, mm-hmm. um, you know, has a leaking bathroom and can't be rented out for a few days or weeks, I'm still getting yeah, that's um, right. income out of it. Correct. We let everyone have a share of the income, so mm-hmm. it's smoothed out. You do not have particular specific unit risks, because uh, when we were doing our research, some people will be saying, you know, I'm on the top floor at the corner versus on the ground floor right in the middle. How do you account for a difference in occupancy and rate? side on the ground floor? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, or the ones closest to our sky pool. 
So we decided the most fair way to handle it for everyone is everyone just has a share in that. And it's also helpful because the extra profits from the commercial elements, mm-hmm. our F&B, mm-hmm. room service, spa and drinks at the bar, those profits will also be included in the basket to be distributed to everyone. So they're not just buying into their room revenue, they're buying into the overall hotel's profits as well. So what makes it different from, let's say, what we've heard of mm-hmm. a lot of time, like time-sharing properties mm-hmm. in many countries, mm-hmm. in fact, how different is this from that? Timeshares are primarily based on the fact that you can put in a sum of money and then stay in various locations around that brand for free. For us, what we are doing, it's fundamentally still a property investment. Mm -hmm. You could, for example, treat it like, you know, I could buy a condominium in Bangkok. I have to handle the rentals. I have to handle the tax reporting. I have to ensure whether, you know, would people be coming in? Are my tenants taking care of the property? For us, we are letting that be taken care of by the operator. Mm -hmm. So you're looking possibly 80 plus percent type of occupancies. And then over and above that, you're given the free option to stay. So it's still a property investment, not really a timeshare. And that perk to stay for free, is just something thrown in. So that's not the main thrust for this investment product. Okay, but a lot of people mm-hmm. might consider that as a bonus uh, for investing in this product. Mm-hmm. But in the 31, 30, 31 days so, that, yeah. that you mentioned, are there restrictions, blackout dates and things like that? I'm talking as a traveler here, of course. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if I just want to go to Bali for a weekend, mm-hmm. uh, do I get that anytime I want? Uh, and get do, you get your, do you get your particular unit or is it like everything else mm-hmm. they can book you into another unit. We use a points system, so there are no blackout dates. So someone who wants to go during Christmas would still be able to do that. One of the bugbears for timeshares, they have a lot of restrictions Mm -hmm. in terms of how you use your points. For us, we we don't do that. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is to send us a WhatsApp or an email. Just to Uh, confirm that there's availability. The point system allows you to spend your points anytime, Mm -hmm. but during the high season, it may cost a few more points a night. And during the low season, it's one point a night. So we give you 30 points, you can come during the low season. And in terms of of uh, being able to use that it's transferable so uh, even if you're not going okay. your brother your friend wants to go you can book for somebody else yeah you can tell him hey take my room so you're it's really fine. sort of an owner of this hotel yeah correct and that is an attraction for a lot of people mm-hmm. is, is this a new uh, business model or is, is this happening elsewhere as far as you know I don't think I've seen another scheme that looks like ours um, what we had was... So it's kind of uh, like Airbnb without really having to clean up your own apartment for yeah, the next guest. We let the experts settle everything for them. Hmm. Mm. And all that for the $200,000 investment? Yep, that's correct. Uh, we don't charge monthly maintenance fees. We don't charge service fees. We are currently running a guarantee period. So it's seven years, 5% mm-hmm. net. We handle the taxes on our end. It's withholding tax. So it's, in, uh, it's withheld in Indonesia and whatever comes to your bank account in say a bank account in Singapore comes clean and yes in terms of uh, payments because it's running like a hotel the running expenses are set off by the operating revenue Okay. So there's no more need to add more money you know, at the end of the year. So that's another point uh, that I want to take up on. Since it's, it's overseas, mm-hmm. what happens to the money that you earn from an overseas property given all the regulations about transferring money and between two mm-hmm. countries? That's totally fine because we have an underlying contract um, with each and every investor. So that forms the basis for the repatriation of money to mm-hmm. Singapore. Okay. And then in terms of tax reporting, it's done by us as a company level. 
And because the investors are one level above us, we would then settle all the taxes, all the payments, all the administration in Indonesia and just merely transfer the money to their okay. bank account in Singapore. Right. And the smoothest way possible. Yeah. Now, not all hotel operations can mm-hmm. run smoothly, of yeah. course. Uh, and in a place like Bali, you have volcanoes erupting mm-hmm. here and there, you know, and you never know when it's going to happen. What happens if the hotel operation or the property mm-hmm. and in an unfortunate way, closes down in whatever reason it could be. What happens to the person who invested money? For the person who invests their money, their investment is still protected to a very large extent. Mm -hmm. So one of the main things when we talk about hospitality operations is that you have to look at all the downsides. Risk management is an extremely, extremely important consideration. So in this regard, we are getting insurance for the hotel and the insurance would also cover acts of God. They could cover black swan events. So if there's something that causes tourism mm-hmm. to, uh, to go down yeah, for to a totally go down. Yes, that insurance policy would be able to cover us as well. Okay. So we're looking to minimize the downside as well. So all of that will be part of our due diligence process before we begin this project. What are some of the possible risks other than mm-hmm. what you mentioned for a person who invests in an overseas property? Not just, not just the type of property mm-hmm. that you're talking about, but in general. In that general. That they should maybe wor- think about before putting that money in at least. I think one of the main things to think about would be the reputation of whoever's running that investment for Mm -hmm. you, whether it's the developer or whether there's an operator on board. So how well they run that would then bleed into how well the property is maintained, how marketable it would be, because some people would want to sell the property after X number of years. So I think in terms of making that investment decision, of course, you have taken your whole due diligence. Does it make sense to buy that property in overseas? Uh, The next thing is who am I dealing with? Am I dealing Which is someone? very important even in mm. Singapore, right? Yes, you need to correct. know who your property developer is. Correct. And that is why for us, we are the founders. We are also personally going around for various roadshows, for investment seminars, because we want to bring that integrity. We want to bring that real feeling mm-hmm. to each and every one of our buyers so that okay. they know who they're dealing with. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, one of the things you mentioned, you know, in reselling, in the scheme that you're talking about now, buying mm-hmm. into a hotel that is fully managed and everything, if the buyer wants to resell their part of this, Mm -hmm. can they do so? Yeah, they can. There are no restrictions on our end. You can resell it anytime you want. Mm -hmm. So when we are running something like that. At market rate? You could sell it at a willing buyer, willing seller rate. Okay, so it's up to the the parties involved. It is. And the hotel is under construction now Mm -hmm. and we're running a seven-year, 5% guarantee. So I guess most people will be coming in and when the hotel starts running, you have operating track record. Mm -hmm. Once you go to someone else in Singapore and say, you know, that's something that works 5% a year at $200,000. Can you find something that gives you 5% per year in Singapore? If you're looking at 3, 3 3.5% in Singapore, you know, just doing a reverse calculation, you'll be able to see actually the market value for one of our rooms could be $280,000, $250,000. So I think that brings in a lot of upside Mm -hmm. for our buyers. And I think some of our buyers are actually looking at this, say, three to five years down the road. Sounds very uh, interesting. Darren, thank you very much uh, for sharing that with us. Uh, Darren Cho is founder of Genesis Indojai Property Developers on a very different scheme, it seems, of investing in a property overseas. You're buying into a hotel that could be, well, technically yours. Uh, think about that. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, 
Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.